Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We continue to lift up the new listeners each week. We pray for those who will be spending the holidays alone. We pray that they will seek you for the holidays to let them know that they are not alone. We pray the blood of Jesus over stomach cancer. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the anointed prince, Jesus Christ, amen. We conclude our survey of Leviticus and begin with chapter 17, which starts the Holiness Code, consisting of chapters 17 through 26. The purpose of the Holiness Code is to place the responsibility of holiness on the nation of Israel instead of individuals. One of the laws that are included in chapter 17 is that when any animal was eligible for sacrifice was slaughtered outside the camp, it was to be brought to the tabernacle as a fellowship offering. If you will recall, in this offering, the majority of the meat went to the person who killed the animal. This rule was put into place for several reasons. First, you could not have your own private party outside the camp. Second, all sacrifices must be at the tabernacle. Third, those who did not bring the sacrifice to the tabernacle were guilty of idolatry. As this rule was put into place to keep those who were not Israelites from sacrificing to other gods, little g, while they stayed with the Israelites. The Egyptians sacrificed to their gods in Egypt, but that habit would stop at Mount Sinai. Chapter 17 also stresses the relationship of the blood of an animal, its life, and the death of an animal, its atonement for sins. God prohibited the Israelites from drinking the blood of slaughtered animals, which was a practice of the pagans. Blood was precious, and the shedding of any blood was serious. Chapter 18 contains the laws of sexual sin, and in today's climate, a hot topic. There are arguments that the sexual sin laws do not pertain to today's Christian because we are not under the Mosaic law. Today's podcast will address the sexual laws as they apply to Israel at Mount Sinai. God wanted the Israelites not to imitate Egypt and the Canaanites. These laws form the basis of current day laws in the United States and other civilized countries. With that in mind, God prohibits an Israelite man to marry his mother, his sister, his half-sister, his granddaughter, his aunt, his stepmother, his daughter-in-law, his sister-in-law, his stepdaughter, and his step-granddaughter. Although the human race started with the children of Adam and Eve marrying each other, the gene pool at that time was not corrupted. After the flood, the children of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth populated the earth. Genesis 9 and 19 says, These were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. The entire tenth chapter of Genesis describes the families of Noah's three sons. From that time until Leviticus 18, God allowed intermarriage to repopulate the earth. Leviticus 18 and 18 prohibits polygamy, although that practice is still continued in modern-day society. 
Leviticus 18, verse 21, prohibited child sacrifice to Molech, the idol of the Ammonites. Leviticus 18.22 prohibits homosexuality, while Leviticus 18.23 prohibits bestiality or sex with animals. Chapter 19 repeats some of the earlier laws, and in verses 9 and 10, God commands that the grain in the fields not be completely harvested and that the corners be left for the poor. Also, any grain dropped on the ground was to be left for the poor. Other rules in chapter 19 include not letting cattle mate with other animals, sowing different seeds in the fields, waiting three years before allowing fruit to sprout, and not to cut your arms, legs, and face with deep gashes after someone dies. The Israelites were not permitted to ask fortune tellers about their future. These were customs of the other nations, not Israel. Chapter 20 deals with the penalties for sacrificing to Molech, consulting fortune tellers, cursing parents, and committing sexual sins. My brothers and sisters, the penalty for cursing your parents was death, and the death penalty was the punishment for many sexual sins. Chapter 21 contains the laws concerning the priest, and one of them was, priests were not to touch dead bodies except for his own relatives. A common priest could not marry a prostitute or a divorced woman. The high priest was to live an exemplary life. He could not show grief by uncovering his head or tearing their clothes, including grief for their family. The high priest could only marry a virgin. Verses 17 through 20 are the items which would disqualify a man from becoming a serving priest. A man with a blemish a blind man, a lame man, a flat-nosed man, a man with a broken foot or a broken hand, a man with a hunchback, a dwarf, and several other restrictions. These men could be priests, they just could not serve during the sacrifices. Chapter 22 dealt with the sacrificial regulations for sacred offerings. Priests were not to profane the holy name of the Lord by misusing what the people brought to sacrifice. Only members of the priest's permanent household could share in the sacrificial meals. Chapter 23 provides laws concerning the appointed feast of the Lord, the national feast. Three pilgrim feasts were to be celebrated after the Israelites entered the Holy Land. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was accompanied with Passover. The Feast of the Harvest, or Weeks, also called Pentecost, and the Feast of the First Fruits, and the Feast of the Tabernacles, or in gathering, also called the Feast of the Booths. All male Israelites would travel to the central sanctuary for these feasts. Passover celebrates Israel's departure from Egypt. As the death angel killed the firstborn of Egypt, but passed over those homes that had the blood of the Passover lamb splattered on the doorpost. Passover starts at sundown on the 14th day of the Hebrew month, Nisan. The Feast of Unleavened Bread starts the morning after Passover and lasts for seven days. This feast commemorates the Israelites leaving Egypt in such haste that they did not use leaven to make their bread. The first and seventh days are holy convocations or sacred assemblies and no work was to be done. Unleavened bread was eaten for seven days. 
The Feast of Pentecost was a festival through which the people expressed thanksgiving to God for the grain harvest. People would bring a handful of grain, and they would give a hand of the grain to the priest. It was celebrated 50 days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now these were the spring feast. In the fall, the Feast of the Trumpets marked the announcement that the Day of Atonement was at hand. Trumpets were to be blown on the first of every month, but in the seventh month, on the first day, no work was to be done, and a holy assembly was convened. The Day of Atonement was the tenth day of the seventh month, in which an assembly was held. An Israelite was to deny himself and bring an offering to the Lord by fire. I discussed the high priest's duty for the Day of Atonement in last week's podcast. Also, no work was to be done on the Day of Atonement. The Feast of the Tabernacles was a celebration of the years of wandering in the wilderness before they went to the Promised Land. The people were commanded to live in booths or temporary shelters made of tree branches and relive the experience of the wilderness when no permanent houses were available. In chapter 24, it describes the care of the items in the tent of the meeting. Only pure beaten olive oil could be used in the lamps to burn continually. Twelve loaves of baked showbread was placed on the golden table each Sabbath day, and the old bread was given to the priest each week. Also in Leviticus 24 verses 10 through 23, the son of a mixed marriage had a quarrel and blasphemed the name of the Lord with a curse. The Israelites held him in custody until God made a decision. God's instruction to Moses, have the man taken outside the camp and stone him. Chapter 25 describes the sabbatical year. For six years, crops may be grown on the land, but in the seventh year, no crops may be planted or harvested or sold. Leviticus 25, starting with the eighth verse, describes the law of Jubilee. After the seventh sabbatical year, which is year 49, the 50th year would be observed as Jubilee. This law would be a law to an economic, cultural, environmental reset. When the land and the people rest, and those who were in slavery are set free to return to their communities. The motto for the year is, Proclaim liberty throughout the land. All property belonged to God, but property was bought and sold. At Jubilee, property was restored to its original owner, and Israelite slaves who had gone into slavery to pay debts were set free. My friends, God did not want the nation of Israel to oppress its people or be oppressed, so every 50 years, everyone would get to start over. Chapter 26, verses 1 through 13 contain the blessings given to Israel for obedience to the laws set forth by God. These blessings include rain, abundant harvest, peace from enemies, also savage beasts will not attack, and God, in verse 12, says, I will walk among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. Folks, in verses 14 through 39, God also promises curses for Israel's disobedience if they don't listen to what he has said. Curses include illness, famine, drought, defeat, bad harvest, the dread of wild animals, desolation by enemies, devastation, and deportation to the land of their enemies. 
Verses 40 through 45 provides the promise of restoration if Israel confesses their sins. Chapter 27 contains the law of vows, gifts, and tithes. Verses 1 through 8 describe a special vow to dedicate people to the Lord by giving money to the sanctuary treasury. Animals could also be dedicated to the Lord, and houses could be dedicated as well as land. The firstborn animal belonged to the Lord, and a tenth of the person's land, seed, first fruit, and flock belonged to the Lord. The word tithe means a tenth. The laws set forth by the Lord for the Israelites were to make them separate from the rest of the world. And they all were a picture of Jesus. The sacrifices, the feast days, even the blessings for being obedient. Jesus was obedient to the Father and died on the cross for our disobedience. Let's pray. Father, thank you for putting boundaries on us so that we would have your moral code to treat each other as you commanded us. In the name of the Lamb, without blemish or defect, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.